commence primary ignition. What's up, everybody? Welcome again to yet another X-Wing podcast. I am your host, Pete Lambro, joined, as always, by Chris. You better hope that was a fart, Daniel. Chris, what's, how you doing, bud? What's up, everybody? How you doing? Oh, we're good. It's just us this week, man. This is it. This is it's just this it's is... the fearsome, the fearsome twosome. We're on fire. We're on fire. You can't stop us. You can only hope to contain us. I'm sorry. Are we on fire, like uh, in a good way or like in going down in flames? Uh, pretty much of both. Oh, fantastic. This is, this is, we were just talking about topics for this episode. This is going to be a pretty fast and loose episode. We're not, nothing, not a strict schedule. No interview this week. No guest. No strict topics. We're still sitting here in, uh, in the waiting zone, in the waiting room, waiting for 2.5 to come on out. Actually, by the time, by the time this airs, 2.5 might be released. And this will all be outdated, but <laughs> oh man, uh, you were saying we're talking about some stuff though. Because, you know, we're a lot's going to change, right? A lot is going to change when it comes to 2.5. But some stuff I think might stay the same. And you were saying, you know, we could talk about turn zero, right? Turn zero is something that's probably going to be pretty, um, pretty consistent. But I think, I mean, so I'm a, as you know, relatively new player, right? Can you New as in me? being, uh, what, a, it's a, a full year though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been playing about two years. But like, yeah. but new, I mean, newer to the game than you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can you define for the listeners uh, what what do we mean when we say turn zero? Turn zero, from what I know, and I don't know much, but turn zero would be <laughs> for <laughs> for example where you're putting your asteroids, asteroid placement, and the sure, strategy behind asteroid, why. Yeah. And and so it's not not quite as early like you know use turn zero to kind of like refer to like a before the game begins, like before you're setting dials and moving ships, right? Um, it's not quite encompassing list building, or do you think list building is part of turn zero? Like, like is, does no, turn I, would, zero I would put that as, strategy? I would put that as separate turn zero from what I hear, at least would, would be sure. where we're putting like our, our asteroids, for example, so like where spe- we're, yeah, where we're even, I, I think you might even include where you're placing your ships as well, but it's before would you're you, actually beginning. Would you game. include what asteroids to bring, like what obstacles you choose to bring? Um, you could, I guess you should. Sure. Let's start, let's start with obstacle selection. Like what to you, one, do you have a favorite obstacle? (laughs) You got a favorite? I have a favorite. I have favorites that, that aren't like for any good reason. Like I know we call one the, it's a, it's a debris, but Mm -hmm. it looks like the rabbit from, uh, the Monty Python and the Holy Grail movie. The, like the, the, the. Like the deadly, like murderous the killer rabbit. rabbit. Yeah, the killer, the killer rabbit. rabbit. Okay, but I mean, <laughs> but that's this is that's a very similar reason. My favorite, my favorite obstacle is the crab claw gas cloud. Right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it looks like a, like a lobster claw crab claw. N- nothing to do with strategy. What I <laughs> what I used zero strategy. Yeah. What I used to use often were the gas clouds. I'd call them fart clouds. That um, <laughs> sounds right. Right, but I used to use those often, but then they changed the rules to... I used to use them often because I would get the free of eight. Um, right. And I would also put sensor buoys on them like for some specific list, but then that changed. So I'm pretty open. I've been lately using just 
large rocks just to get number one familiar with flying around them. And then number two, when I use large rocks jumping into the turn turn zero, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, When I use large rocks, you get a better idea or you can sway a little bit of where people are going to be flying or have a stronger idea of where they're going to fly because you create, let's say, canals, you create alleyways with the large rocks. It's harder to do with small rocks. Yeah, like 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 lanes and openings. And it's like you kind of are <clears throat> you with with larger rocks, you have the opportunity to control your engagements, right? Where it's like, I know, you know, if, especially if you're if you look across the table, your opponent has a lot of ships, mm-hmm. right? Like that's my general rule of thumb. Right. And this is this, you know, there's no wisdom necessarily to this because, yeah. you know, like, what do I know? Right. But my, my general rule of thumb is if if you have a lot of small base ships, I am going to put my obstacles as close together as possible. Like I am going to um, actually no. So yeah, I'm 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 going to try and try and like make no diff- no clear lane for you to go in. Right. Stagger a bit. Uh, yeah. But but if you have a large base ship, I'm going to try to make like an obvious lane that's like easier to navigate through in hopes of like funneling you into it, you know? Yeah, it, it yeah. makes it a, a bit and if it makes it a bit easier to see determine where they're going to go, you know, and then sometimes a lot right. of people will play this game and they'll go like a move or two ahead. So it makes that easier. I'm not one of those smart people, but <laughs> you got you to think three moves ahead, they say. Yeah, I, remember I was that's, playing. That's the uh, that's the old chess adage. You got to think three moves ahead. Yes, I, I'm just thinking of like one move, and then you know. I I sometimes I think like I I often often when I'm planning moves, and this gets a little ahead of the game, but often when I'm planning a move, I will look, <clears throat> I, you know, I'll take a note and be like, all right, well, where is that going to put me for this engagement? And the thing I do try to think about is like after I'm there, am I screw like the, not necessarily like, what am I going to do next? But like, am I screwing myself? Right. Like, am I putting myself right in front of an asteroid or am I putting myself right in front of, right. you know, a, another ship where I'm like likely to bump on the following turn or likely to hit a rock on the following turn? Like, am I likely to like screw myself with this move uh, rather than necessarily like what's, you know, what am I setting myself to then do like an optimal recovery or something like that or, or, re-engage or disengage right like but it's just it's just my my thought process is like one and a half turns ahead where it's like i'm thinking about the next turn and then i'm thinking about don't screw yourself after this right that, no that makes that makes sense that makes sense and with turn zero also yeah yeah back to with, turn zero yeah with placing those rocks or i should say obstacles yeah let's play, yeah yeah placing the obstacles number one and then it's like Okay, now I have to place my ships, but now I get to watch where you place your ships. And then so thinking of that strategy that we're talking about, I start saying, oh, okay, this person, my opponent might want to engage me in such and such region. Okay. Right. Where is that's very that's very matchup dependent, though, like that. that Yes. Because like if you if you have lower initiative than your opponent, right, you have to play the game of. How much information am I giving away by placing my ships? Right, like mm-hmm. where? How much information I can give away? Keep going though. No, no, no. That, that, you, you, you're right on the money. And then with, yeah. I guess, I guess you know, I guess you're right. The turn zero is it's a lot of a lot of uh, aspects to it. It's not just obstacle right. placement. Um, no, it's it's not. Well, and and back, the last thing on obstacle placement is like when I have a ship that <clears throat> you're going to want to orbit with, right? Like if, if I'm bringing the Falcon. Right. Or if I'm bringing uh, a lot of times I like to fly the lat in the Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm flying a lat, like I, I kind of want that to just kind of putter around the edges. So I'll do like a triangle or like a loose, a looser format 
uh, of obstacles that lets me kind of just kind of go around the whole obstacle field safely mm-hmm. while still maintaining decent coverage with those side arcs, right? Because I don't like a lot, man, a lat bumping into a rock is awful, right? You know, it's it's a medium base, which is great, but like it's it's blue maneuvers are complete trash. It doesn't have it's got a really rough dial, right? For for getting around. Uh, so you really like I really like turn zero is super important when you have a ship that that can't move that great because you need to make sure that you for yourself, there are openings and, and convenient locations where they can both be effective and not be bumping into stuff. Yeah, that's when you would probably bring. All right. I have bigger ships, bad mobility. I will bring smaller obstacles and no, man, make lanes big rocks every time. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, no, I'm I'm just teasing. Oh. I actually I do I do tend I honestly I do tend to bring large rocks for practice purposes, right? Like like I'm talking not going to a tournament. I'm talking like on a casual night. I'm always oh, almost always going to have big rocks because to your point before, it's like I got to get better at not hitting these things. So the only way to get better at it is to do it, right? Well, look, I I I've I've seen these people like the the big names and the pros. They bring big lot rocks all the time and they fly bossed. Yeah. They'll fly the Falcon and they just whiz right around them. So it depends on your comfort level. Well, you know, I was uh, chatting in, t- in in the RSG Discord. Shout out to Red Seal Gaming, Marijuana, New Jersey. Uh, I, I was chatting with a local Saul. And he was saying he he is such an advocate for like practice makes perfect, right? So like like you can, there's no tip, there's no pro tip to teach you how to fly around asteroids. You got to just do it. And he was saying he's like we should do a format, right, where we bring like ten obstacles on the board, and, oh, wow. and you and like an objective in the middle, and your goal is to not hit anything and get to the objective, right? Like it's like a race or like tag or something like that, right? Like just mm-hmm. just like a practice format, just like hey, take some ships put way more obstacles closer together on the board than you would otherwise, like all range one from each other, like make a really crowded asteroid field and navigate it, right? Like go, like try to do it. That's um, interesting. It's interesting. And it certainly would, I think, improve your ability. Like, like, you, you know, such a big part of this game is being able to like visualize where your maneuver will end you up. But importantly, like where the template is going to go for like obstacle overlap purposes, how big your ship is, right? Like how big your ship base is. You know what I mean? Like all these, all these, like these things that are not strictly taught, but, but they are learned, right? Like you have to practice to get better at them. Yeah. They tell people in the beginning to just put some rocks down and practice doing like certain specific maneuver templates, you know, Um, with, um, with, with that obstacle placement, though, it's like what you said. Number one, I, I typically will um, swarm them up, so to speak, like clutter them. If it's if I'm going against a swarm, and I don't have a swarm, and then if I have a big ship, for example, I'll I might use little ones, unless I might have something like a like Venny and the resistance bomber, then I could just blow stuff up. But otherwise, yeah, I'm creating yeah. lanes. You love you love trajectory simulator and seismics with him. I know, I know from yeah. experience. <laughs> <laughs> but even 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 if you're flying like let's say four ships and you just want a comfort level, I mean, sometimes you just make lanes, and then I, I just sure. see like it's a little more predictability. That that's when that quote unquote turn zero comes in because then I remember I was playing, and I hope he comes back. He hasn't been playing since COVID, I think. But Alex Dluwinwidiwidiwis, something like that. I can't say his last name. But I would be playing against him. And then all of a sudden, after we start, we place our obstacles certain places. And he's already calling out. It's like he's like, "Oh, okay. So you want to engage me in this area?" And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Damn it! How the hell does he know that?" <laughs> got me, got me <laughs> right, again. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's all that turn zero stuff. So it's a question of like a battle of wills, almost. Like, oh, okay, we both have strategies. Who's going to get their strategy out first, or who's going to overcome sure. the other person? And then how well, do you the adjust? Thing- 
a thing I've done before that I like doing, right, is, is if I have, if I have, if I want rather more space to operate on my board edge is, you know, a lot of, a lot of times common wisdom, like common instinct is to say, okay, I'm going to place an obstacle in the corner, right? Like the, the, the most in the furthest available corner, right? The two mm-hmm. by two from the edge, right? You do it from your own board edge. Sometimes that leaves you open to having three obstacles on your board edge. Right. But if you go, if you go a little bit in from that, right. right a little bit more towards the board center, it limits the ability to fit three with proper spacing between them. Right. So then you, you end up with a little bit more flexibility in your deployment because it's like, then you have that natural lane to start out and it's like, okay, now I have the ability to select, you know, from more optimal positions to begin my ships and and not be forced to immediately turn or avoid an obstacle. Right. Yeah. And on the other end, if you do it on their side, I think that's like within a range three from, the front and then a range three from the side, like a three and three, mm-hmm. you get to see somewhat where they're going to sway. Yeah. And that, and actually I saw, I saw this so somehow I find myself occasionally watching extremely old X-Wing 1.0 streams. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> Which doesn't, doesn't have a lot of insight. However, I, there was a pretty solid one. And if it's like, if, if you, if you have a large base ship, right. Mm-hmm. Or if you, if you just want some space to operate, if you place an obstacle, range three from the corner, right? So like range three from the side, range three from the bottom, you can't fit another one at that range two, range two marker, right? It's not enough space, mm-hmm. right? So it guarantees you this kind of big wide open corner to operate in to like set up whatever opening you're interested in setting up, right? Like I watched, I watched a very old stream of a guy, he had the Lambda shuttle and, uh, you know, and a couple, a couple TIE fighters maybe, or, or TIE FS, SFs maybe. This is back, mm-hmm. back 1.0 where First Order was part of the Empire, right? But he, he set up this way, and then they were talking to him afterwards, and he was saying, he's like, yeah, I set up, the, he's like, I always do the setup with the rocks. He's like, because then it gives me the space to operate uh, with the large base and kind of maneuver exactly where I want to without having to worry about, um, without having to worry about, like, him putting one right in my corner and kind of screwing that up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Like yeah. in, in looking at the obstacles that are ready and then try and um, that are available and then make sure that whatever obstacle they have left, they can't place it in a place that's favorable for you. Right. Do you ever, do you ever look across at your opponent's obstacle choices and see one that you feel like might be their like pet obstacle that they really want to place and try to place it so they don't get to, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. But I will say what, what freaks me out is when I have a, a strategy about quote unquote turn zero with the obstacles in my mind mm-hmm. that's against what I think they would want. And all right. of a sudden they start placing the obstacles where I want them. Oh, and it's just, like, then it, then you're getting psyched out. You're like, I've totally misjudged their whole, their whole approach. Totally psyching me out. And I'm sitting and I literally tell them cause I'm, I'm open. I have fun with the, with these games. And I'm like, that's not good. You're doing what I think you wouldn't want to do. So now I have to rethink my strategy. So you, you all just start laughing and stuff. <laughs> You've become your own worst enemy. Pretty much. Must, to, to, to beat your opponent, you must first beat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's overall, I mean, turn zero is important. Like some people, when they're starting out, they just like kind of like flip a, flip a rock on the, on the map. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. I've done that too. Just, just, Hey, let's plop it down dead center. Just, just toss it in. Especially yeah. if I get first placement. Like I don't always, and I mean, this is a flaw of mine. Like this is an area of the game aspect of the game that I don't focus on. Right. So 
<clears throat> so dropping dropping a rock dead center is often what I go for, or just you know one of the corners. Yeah, no, I I try. I, if anything, maybe I overlook it, but <laughs> but no, I try to I think of like okay, which exact obstacle would be the best for my list? Which which what does he not like in regards to these obstacles? And I know yeah, yeah. this will all change somewhat within within a two point five, but I well, mean, I mean with, still... with two point five. Uh, these rocks get deadlier, right? Specifically asteroids. Big asteroids get much deadlier because, you know, it's a guaranteed damage if you you hit one, right? And it's, I mean, I'm sure you know, same as I know, it's real easy to accidentally hit one, right? Yeah. No, it's bad. Um, Actually, it's weird. I'm I'm more (laughs) with, especially because small ships that fly a lot of them now, I'm more afraid of the gas clouds because if I get ionized, you totally know where I'm going, and I'm right. the element of surprise is gone. Well, in a, in a small a small base ship, they just have to roll a hit. It's a fifty percent chance of yeah. getting ionized. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually that leads us into a a, ni- a nice gentle segue to another topic we talked about. We were talking we were starting to talk about where we think some archetypes will go in two point five. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, let me. T- we played a lot of games together, Chris. We have yeah. played a lot of. We have played what I consider a lot of X-wing together. But I guess I don't know what your favorite list archetype is. Like I don't know what you are drawn to. I know I you like, play. You play the bad guys. You play scum. You play fo. Right. The good, we're we're good guys in our eyes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, but yeah. My, what my, what what's your archetype? My archetypes, uh, my friend James Weber, a close friend even outside of X-Wing, he would say, I like lists that just mess with people's heads, that just mess with what they're doing, that that, are, that change game effects. I like, usually I like lists that are game, have game changing effects. So give me, give me a good example of this. So that I'm would be like, through. like I've been messing with the bombers and like sensor buoys. So it's the FO, the FO bombers. Right. And, and maybe then like sensor, a, sensor buoys is that tech upgrade, FO specific tech upgrade, right? Right. So once they fly, do a maneuver within range zero to one of a buoy, then I get mm-hmm. a target lock. So now. Now, that, hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there because I'm going to explain that interaction. Um, sure. That is the bombers have a talent called feedback ping. And the feedback ping says that when you land at zero to one of a device or remote, you get you get to t- like when an enemy ship lands at zero to one a device or a remote you get to acquire a lock on it right and the sensor buoys are a remote right so so that's the interaction right so the sensor buoy is out there it's not anything that the sensor buoy is doing it's specifically this inter- the sensor buoy's presence as a device or sorry presence as a remote and then the feedback being talent right just to right. clarify right yes. okay yeah so you're messing with that so it's basically this these these seemingly innocuous items on the table that allow you to get free locks. Yeah, so it's what happens, is, and and half the reason is because that's what kicked my butt at PAX by uh, Baron. So half the shout reason out to is, Baron. Baron, yeah. that's a mean list he had there. That three, yeah, it was me. Three bombers and Tabson. Mm-hmm. He he'll say it himself. He doesn't want other people to fly that list because he doesn't want to fly against it because it's mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happens is like you might have a certain plan, and then it's like, oh well, I don't want to get close to this buoy, or I don't want to get close to this bomb because then he's going to get a lock on me. And it's like, oh okay, so I like lists similar to that number one or number two i like just those hammer lists those lists that might hit you hard alpha strike lists that hit you first and then you could just swoop around and then hit them again right. those are like the two archetypes like i see myself flying usually what about yourself well and 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 uh well, i'm gonna talk a little bit more about you there's a scum list that you've loved for a long time i've played you played a lot of it. it's dengar 
and uh, Asajj in the land, in the Shadowcaster, and uh, and Tarani in the love uh, that list. The, uh, I don't even know how to say that ship name that Tarani flies. Kimoglia. Um, Kimoglia, yeah. That 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 list is full of difficult decisions, which is I, I think what you're talking about before, right? So like you're you're messing with people, yeah, but you're you're forcing into like these tough decision trees for them, right? And in the middle of a game, what could potentially be like any, any sort of complex decision or more complex decision uh is amplified right because you know mm-hmm. especially like man especially round three or four of a tournament like you're tired right like you're tired it's tough to it's tough to make these tough decisions right yeah uh, so then then with your scum list though it's like okay well i could shoot dengar uh, but then dengar is going to get the bonus attack back at me and you have your dengar kitted out with um the punishing one title so they're getting the extra die out of the front arc um you're getting you got them with the with the droid that allows you to re-roll where you might yeah. end up with uh, you you might end up with self damage with the with the crit, but that's kind of unlikely. So it's you know usually it's a consequence free the ping droid yeah usually pretty consequence free and, and then you know he's got predator on there right so like you know you got your Dengar kind of like tailor made with these passive mods to to get a solid return shot because you know if Dengar shoots and spends his his focus or whatever on on the first shot it's like well the bonus shot is a threat but not as much of a threat but because of the passive mods you've built into the list it's like it's dangerous right so that's a difficult decision like do you shoot Dengar right mm-hmm. um but then your Asajj has uh everybody's favorite Zam on board <laughs> yeah so Asajj then, had Zam which basically difficult the- decision all three shots, all three ships, Tarani, Asajj, and Dengar, potentially have a, a, a bonus attack. And yeah, or, or just, uh, Tarani is not a bonus attack, but Tarani is just bonus damage, right? No, Tarani has the cluster missiles. Oh, that's right. So he can attack twice. And then, and Tarani's got uh, munitions failsafe. So, like, I remember the first time he did this interaction. I knew it was legal, <laughs> but I it was very scummy, right? So it's very on brand for scum, yeah. where you 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 know, because Tarani's also got the droid that allows you to shoot friendlies, right? So you you cluster missile. Yeah, you I, I target lock a target lock. Let's say I can even target lock my own guy, yeah. but I and then I I shoot my own ship. I cancel it with munitions failsafe with. The cluster missile, of course, but uh, then let's say the enemy is in the bullseye, yeah. he will take a damage because that's Tarani's ability, and then right. I could shoot that enemy with the cluster. Right. You could, the second yeah, part you of the could, cluster yeah, missile because the, the claws of the cluster missile has doesn't care, like because the munitions failsafe still continues the attack as completing, right? Right. Uh, just as missing, right? You just cancel all results, right? Yeah. Um, so sc- scummy, right. scummy so, lists like that, like scummy, scummy, scummy. And then they all had dead man switch at the time because you could fit the points. So it, it lists that make you think about, oh, like I have to change my my normal strategy in order to to adapt to his list. That, I like stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I I'm totally with you. I dig it. I dig it. Um, for me, I I tend to fly much more straightforward stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I started as a rebels only player, right? Because that's the ships I loved. It's the ships I had. Right, so a lot, a lot of the the alphabet, uh, alphabet squad style stuff, where it's like, oh, it's just you know, you know, X X B Y or you know, X A B Y or just you know, all all the lists you have named, all the lists I have in uh, in my squad builder are just named combinations of letters for mm-hmm. like which letter <laughs> ship is in the list, right? Um, you know, so I like, I love, I love having, um, 
X-Wings. I'm a big fan of B-Wings, right? Like Hera in the B-Wing is really great, but I've always I've always been a big fan of Ten Nam in the B-Wing, right? So I, I guess I, t- I tend to gravitate towards these like beefy four-ship rebel lists. Um, I'm recently really into the new, especially the new Rebel A-Wings. They're like, so good. That, that last that, that last Rebel pack is really good. Really them. good. Yeah, like Re- uh, Hera in either ship is great, but like Wedge in the A-Wing is a downright bargain, right? For mm-hmm. that strong, strong ability at 35 points, I think he is, right? And and so like him and Jake together coming in at just under 70 points is nuts. And right? it gives it's you room like, to mess with, yeah. I think Rebels also have with. like the best synergy in regards to... Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's the faction identity, right? Like that's yeah. the thing. Um... Sometimes it, it does. I will say it does lead occasionally to interactions that are like, okay, how do I make this? Like, what's the? It's like a level of complexity and like, okay, remembering your step order to like make all the things work. So I'm thinking specifically of like Jake Farrell in the A wing, right? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I need Wedge to uh, focus boost and barrel roll, right? Right. And it's like you can do that. You can do that. But first, he has to barrel roll. Then Jake has to come up next to him, barrel roll as well, give Jake the free focus. Jake then, off that free focus, does a boost. Off the boost, gives Wedge a focus, and then Wedge off the focus boost, right? Like, it's like these weird, it's like, you've got to remember that order. Nothing but or, net. That's an old commercial. Or it's not, it's not going to work out, right? Um, or, so like or some, Pete, you can right? now. You could be Ooh. a little, you could be a little, a little simpler, and now you could put that upgrade on... Vector the, cannons, right? Yeah, so you could just boost in system phase, which gives somebody a, a focus, and then absolutely move. That, that makes Jake a real good friend to a lot of these slower ships or ships with higher initiative, right? Like, so for a long time, it's like kind of weird. It's like, okay, well, you know, you kind of have to fly. Like, if you if you look back at uh, again, I talk about I watch old old X Wing streams sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at worlds, the worlds twenty nineteen final. Right. Like that was a classic rebel kind of list that I love. That was, you know, yeah. X, had Wedge in the X Wing, had Jake in the A Wing, had um had a had Braylon in the B Wing, who I don't I tend to prefer ten over Braylon. Um Me but, too. and then it had it had, you know, Lieutenant Blount, like hero of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Uh and 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 uh, and another generic Z ninety five, right? Like so that's that's this kind of classic, like you know, you, Lots you see of that good in the price, squad man. As X A B Z Z, right? Like something like that. It, you know, you could just you could just see the list builders with that saved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Bl- oh, Blount is great. Twenty nine points. It's a joke how cheap he is. It's insane. Um, but and you if can you, see, sl- if you, you can... sleep on him, then all of a sudden you're getting hit with potentially yeah, you get right dice. Yeah. yeah. Well, then and then so you see if you watch that old stream, right? You see in the video, you see like he kind of starts Jake way off to the side. Right. Because Jake needs to ascent to like help wedge. Jake needs to like catch up to wedge on his turn and then pass the focus before wedge moves. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you end up in this kind of weird leapfrog situation when you're dealing with higher initiative ships. And then Jake is in a good spot. Jake's I four. Right. So it's, you know, solid. Right. So I, I do. I really fly, I fly a lot of that kind of rebel list. Uh, I've also gotten super into the Republic. Uh, probably my favorite archetype is a lat as like my base support piece. Ugh. And then, uh, <laughs> you loaded me down with those <laughs> Republic. List. And then, yeah, the, the lat and then, you know, two or three of the like generic Jedi Knights or, you know, 
a generic Jedi Knight and a couple arcs or even just three arcs, like just kind of a mix and match of like, again, I am, I'm a, I play a lot of beef. I play stronger, hardier lists. Um, you know, they tend to have three die attacks, right? Like, so like I, I go, I go for that kind of, they're more forgiving to me. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't, I don't have the stones. I don't have the stones for pure ace play. Welcome to list building by Pete. Here list building go. by Pete. Get as much health and gun in list. Point and shoot. Done. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it works. It's, it's, it's it, well, so like I love I love that Republic archetype with the Jedi Knights specifically because it's all passive mods, right? Right? Like if you if your arc has if sorry, if your lat has arc on someone, your Jedi Knights get two die like two rerolls from the lat. Yeah. And they have the force to spend, right? So even if they didn't take a focus token, which odds are they did, right? They can either just use that to defend and not worry about it, or they, you know, they can use the force to defend, right? So like they have, they have defense, they're throwing fully modded attacks all the time, right? And, and they have six health and a great dial. Like the two sloop on those things is fantastic for keeping time on target. Like, yeah, I just, I love, I love that ship. It's a a big fan of it. They also have, they have the 4k and the 5k, right? So like when you go to turn around, you have so many options for, for getting turned around and for making sure there's an opening. And, and at that initiative, um, initiative three ends up kind of being a boon because a lot of times you get to do your turnaround move before other ships have moved. So like your risk of getting blocked is really low. Yeah. Or like, unless you're going against like a, an I one swarm or something like that. They're squirrely and they get hit hard. That's why they're 50 points. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I mean like they're, they're that, that I'd say those are my two, my two go-to archetypes, right? Like I love, love beef stuff and I love, uh, I love that specific rebel. I like the, um, I typically like, uh, as I'm examining all my lists, I typically want, and this is nothing new for probably anyone, but I like that one piece that just really hits hard somehow. And it's, it could either be a carrot where someone would want to chase it or they'll want to run from it, but it's definitely an impact piece that that's something I definitely like while I'm, while I'm list building, whether do you it's have, do you have examples of, of, well, so you, so here, this is answering my question before I even ask it. Actually, Kylo is like a, is maybe the best end game piece in, in the game, right? Like Man. maybe the best end game ship, right? Um, like Luke is really good in the end game, but like Kylo is three attack, three defense, Good amount Kylo of health, silencer, yeah. killer dial. Yeah, Kylo, Kylo Silencer is what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I, I always forget this Kylo Whisper because who would fly that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to learn him. I'm actually trying Kylo, to make li- – I told Baron that because we're like the FO guys, even though he's temporarily uh, giving FO a vacation, I believe. But um, Oh, he's temporarily embarrassed FO millionaire? He, he, you know, <laughs> he, he, he demonstrated his dominance, so now he's uh, vacationing, I think, from uh, First Order, but we'll try to get him back. But um, – yeah, Kylo is just with extreme maneuvers. It's he is super deadly piece. But when you when so when I'm making a list, I, I'm like I like to at the end of the day. Yes, you know you want to win, you want to do this, you want to do that. But you have to have ships that you like to fly. Number one and number two that you're gonna have fun with. And I and I like I like Kylo in the actual movies. So for me to fly right. him when he's cool, I just it's like a win win. Well, that I mean, not not to besmirch the good name of the scum and villainy faction, but that that truthfully is what keeps me from really getting into scum is that like I don't have 
the love of a lot of those ships and pilots, right? Like, I, I think I think Boba Fett's cool enough, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for the Razor Crest to come out because I'm a big fan of the Mandalorian show. Right, right. Um, I think Fang Fighters are cool, but I never really watch. Like, I've watched some Clone Wars. I never watched Rebels, right? So, like, I have little to no connection to like Fen Rao as a character, right? Mm. Who I understand as a character who shows up in the television show, right? Uh, <laughs> so, like, I, well, so I don't want these. Yeah, I just don't have these connections, these characters, right? But like, I have, I have no interest in like Bosk and the YV. See, I read. Like, it's, see, I read the this book. Uh, I think it was Tales of the Bounty Hunters, and it had these stories that take place during Empire and maybe right before Return of the Jedi, where they're trying to hunt for Han Solo, and it goes through all of the bounty hunters trying to find him. Those individual stories, so. I get a little more feeling for Forlom and for Dengar and for the IG droid. So, uh, and that's all scum. And then I did watch a lot of Clone Wars. So you get to see some really cool bounty hunters in there that they haven't even like really done justice yet in the game. So, and scum, scum is, I mean, uh, as far as factions are concerned, I, I, I do like, like number one, those pilots, but number two, they're, I mean, they can, you can have ace play, you could have juggernaut list, you could have swarm list, you, you could have the, the mean shenanigans list. Um, I, pretty flexible. This is this is semi off topic, but I I have to bring this up because it just came up the other day in the Tales from the Bounty Hunter book specifically. <laughs> <laughs> we get we get a really a really weird Star Wars thing. Is old legends Boba Fett is very opposed to premarital sex. You ever seen this? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's I I I I, I am not, I'm I do I'm not making this up at all. There is a scene in that story where Boba Fett specifically says the, the, the exact line is sex between those not married is immoral. Like Boba wow. Fett frowns. Yeah. How can I forget that? That's amazing. But devout Christian Boba Fett. I guess him and Fennec, they won't be a little uh, love thing there. No, they will not. Well, actually, no, so that was, that's legends. Now. It's not canon. <laughs> I no longer no. Boba Fett's no canonically. Boba, who knows what Boba Fett's into? He's a freak now. <laughs> so, so when you're list builder, you're typically <laughs> you're typically leaning towards beef, towards something sturdy and something yeah. that hits hard. You, you know what I I, I you know, my my list building strategy. And again, like I I don't know if this is good or bad necessarily because I I don't I do tend to turn to other people's advice for list building. Like I, I tend. Not oh, I'm to a big net list. I'm not gonna. I, I've I messed with one that's still somewhat based off of. Uh, it's mostly based off of uh, Baron's list. That's my bomber list. Um, well, I, I don't necessarily net list, so to speak, right? Like, but but <laughs> I, I, I net list. I net list in the sense of I ask Sam, and Sam tells me what to fly. Right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's great with advice. Guest, guest of the podcast, friend of the podcast, Sam Page. He is he's <laughs> excellent, <laughs> excellent list builder. Shout out, Sam, excellent list builder. Um, but no, my my strategy for myself is I will often pick what I consider like an anchor ship. I'm like, this is the ship I'm interested in flying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I you know, and and for rebels, a lot of the time that ship is like it's Luke Skywalker, right? Or mm-hmm. it's Ahsoka Tano in the A wing, right? I'm like, like this is a cool ship. It's a ship I'm fond of the model. It's a ship I'm fond of flying. Like I'm going to pick this cool ship and say, this is my centerpiece. This is my anchor of this list and then build around that. Right. Right. So it's like, I'm putting Luke in there. It's like, all right, well, Luke is good in the end game. How do we get Luke to the end game? Right. Well, we put a couple other pieces around him. Like we put a B wing around him. We put, 
a couple a wings and, and, and a Z 95. Like we put, we put some ships on there. Like we try to, we try to fit Luke into, I try to fit Luke into like a five ship list, right? It's like, okay, well I got, I have four decent ships that are going to help propel Luke to the end game. Cause if it's Luke against one or two, you know, damaged ships, like he's got pretty good chance of pulling that out. Right. Of, of, of cleaning up at the end. Right. It's like just getting him there, getting him there is the tough part because classically <laughs> when you're, when you find Luke Skywalker, it's like, Oh, he's got a great ability. He's always ready to modify his defense dice, except until he rolls blanks out on them, you know, mm-hmm. wind condition brought to you wind. by Pete. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> yeah. My, my wind condition is don't let Luke die. <laughs> pro tip pro tip of the week don't let your ships die <laughs> when when uh when you're looking at the other lists though if you want to jump into win condition yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah let's talk let's talk about win condition now when you say win condition right you are you let's define it you are you were saying this is not necessarily like obviously the win condition is score more points than your opponent right like duh mm-hmm. but but you're saying when you talk about win condition you're saying what what you know, I I walk up to the table and I think here are the steps I need to do to win this game, right? Like if I'm if I'm a, a lower ship count list against a swarm, I'm like, all right. Well, my win condition is like in that first engagement, I have to I have to take out like two ships in an engage like in that first engagement, I have to even the odds here, right? Um, like that. Those are the things that set up your win condition of like if I can get down to Luke against two damaged ships, I can win it, right? Right. So something similar to that. So looking across the table and saying, this is my list, by the way. Okay, now let me look at my opponent's list. Oh, he has that. This one ship, let's say Vader is going to be a tremendous problem for me. That's the most dangerous piece for me. Okay. Oh, he has three bombers Hmm. with barrage rockets. Okay. So what's my win condition? He's probably going to kill one or two of my ships, for example, let's say. Is it to, if Vader is presenting himself then yes take that guy out but my opponent's probably smart he's not going to do that so to me for example it might be like all right vader's going to be very hard what are the points on these bombers and what do i need to kill more of than what he is probably going to kill of mine and if that if i'm winning that then i might go for that if i'm going to lose a joust for example then i have to think of a different different win condition something along those lines looking at the ships saying points wise okay this is what i might lose and this is what i most likely will kill and if there's an opportunity to kill some key piece that that could impact the game then great take it otherwise this is most likely the the the, one i'm gonna have to go about and we're not even talking positioning or anything we're talking about just looking at you know yeah yeah and 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 but that i mean knowledge of the win condition like deciding that early on helps inform everything like positioning right helps inform the like who do you go after like what do you risk to get there right like it's like it's it was if you say to yourself i have to take out vader right like i have to get the ship off the board otherwise i will not win this game right like do you take a bigger risk then knowing that is the way to win the game like you have like you're you're kind of forcing yourself i need to take a larger risk than i would traditionally take in this moment because i have an opportunity to take out vader right yeah um and on top yeah, of that so it's 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 gonna... it's knowing like your quote unquote win condition when you start and then yep. during the game it's adjusting that's the that's huge because it's like oh oh wait a second my win condition was to take out maybe one or two of his bombers before they shoot but vader just made an error he's on a rock i'm in position 
Let me switch it. Let me put some damage into him, for example. Right, so I'm just saying be flexible. flexible. Right, well, be now, flexible. Now, and now, you know, this is a big this is a big thing that will become even more important when 2.5 comes out because you'll need to not only retain knowledge of, like, which ship across the board is the most dangerous, right? But what objective are we playing? Like, what is a way I can score points now in in i will in this both the stream they showed like in the previous stream and in discussions with developers they were very clear they're like objectives alone don't win the game right mm-hmm. objectives you know you could lose by objectives right like so if you ignore the objective your opponent could easily score enough points to to beat you right but you, you have to both get objectives and you have to shoot other ships right so it's like and you stay alive to, you, and stay alive right so you need to go you know, from list building to turn zero to 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 win condition knowledge, right? Like you need to keep in mind the objective that you're focusing on, because if that objective is something like, okay, I need to, you know, hold these points, right? It's like, well, then do I take the big risk and leave my objective area to to punish a mistake that my opponent made with Vader? We'll keep using an example. Like, do I, do I leave? And you mean points just, just for everyone hold points as in a specific region. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, for example, like, you know, it's like, you know, I, I will earn, I will earn victory points by staying near this objective marker on the map. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, do I, do I abandon that objective marker to attempt to punish a mistake play like a mistake by Vader? Right. You know, it's like, and that mistake could be, I landed on a rock or, or he's ended up positioning himself right in front of a debris field, right? It's like, okay, he's going to go through the debris next turn. We know that the debris is going to give him a stress token, which means there will be no actions for him after he goes through the, the debris field, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, do I basically cue myself up to punish that or not? Yeah. Sorry, I just thought I heard someone at my door. Very creepy. Oh, okay. Nice knowing right. you. <laughs> May I rest in peace? Oh, it's my dog. Hey. My dog's here to say hi. Welcome to the door. She, she let herself in. That's great. Welcome to the podcast. Maggie. Maggie, welcome to the podcast. You know, so it's like if, if you see the opportunity, right? Like what's the risk versus reward for leaving the objective market? Because then, then you are like, you are substantively giving up victory points in hopes mm-hmm. of exchanging them for victory points for taking Vader off the board. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all that's right? going to come into play. It, it really changes. It changes your calculus, right? It changes, it changes what you are measuring to determine that win condition. And something and, else and I, what do, I think is an interesting way. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. else I do also is like some people, they might not understand like, Oh my gosh, my ship blew up. Well, this is X-Wings. So ships are going to blow up. <laughs> that's, that's, Absolutely. That's, that's going to happen. So what I'll do also is I'll look like, let's say I I have a, a, a Bosk and like two other ships list, for example, Boba Bosk and something else. I might look at Bosk. Bosk is like 70 points. I'm like, okay, they're most likely going to kill Bosk. I need to kill more than 70 points. And then right, I'll look that's... at his ships. And during the game, I might be like, okay. This ship that I kill that's very available might be worth nothing to me. And there's not a lot of time left. So I really need to focus on a ship that's going to help me win the game. And if I kill this ship, I might not be enough points. But well, that that very much comes back to what we talked about before with with a couple of rebel ships, like a couple of classic rebel ships, right? Like Lieutenant Blount. Mm-hmm. Is almost never worth your time, right? Yes, yeah, because yeah. he's twenty nine points. Right, you're talking about you see, boss, boss has to do seventy points worth of damage. 
if Bosk has to waste more than one shot on Lieutenant Blount, he's behind, mm-hmm. right? Like, that sucks for the Bosk player. Right. But the other thing is, like, that has to be part of your calculus. you got to kill him because the next turn he's going to be throwing a lot of dice. He's going to be punching way above his weight. Um, and that, and that, 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 uh, that thought process you were saying with Bosk, Bosk is worth 70 points. I have to kill 70 points, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thought process every Rebel player has when they put Wedge and Wedge and the X-Wing on the table, right? It's like, universally, people go after Wedge, right? He's a great target because the X-Wings are pretty easy to focus fire down. They're not super, like, they're they're not super unpredictable with their dial, right? Like, they're, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to, to catch Wedge out and get him out of there. And he's 55 points, right? So he's got to do 55 points worth of work before he dies. And, you know, a lot of times you can do that, right? Like, a lot of times you can do that. But, like, I'm super wary of loading Wedge up. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'll put R2 Astromech on Wedge. Or I'll put a, a munition on Wedge. And I'm like, no, don't do that. No, that's a good <laughs> like, point. That's just, that's, that's a lot of points, right? So that brings it back to even, like, when you're talking about, an, uh, which made, what you're saying made me think of when you're engaging. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, do I want to... Uh, uh, for example, oh, I have a jousting list, so that means I must joust, right? No. Right. If I'm if I see across from me a stronger jousting list, then am I going to lose more points in this engagement than gain? And if not, right. then you have to change what might be your normal strategy. You know, that's all a part of right, like, exactly. uh, the win condition. Yeah, that, and I and we all know, like you think back to like your first games, right? Your first games, you definitely jousted, right? Like <laughs> mm-hmm. you were definitely yeah, yeah. like like with no knowledge of whatever they like I'm pointing and shooting I'm taking my ships I'm going at his ships and I'm going to try to get to range one and shoot the heck out of him right done that's what we're doing mm-hmm. um but you're absolutely right yeah there are there are definitely times where your joust list gets out jousted um and that target priority comes back to what we talked about earlier with your preferred list building methodology right where your preferred strategy is to make the opponent have really difficult target priority conversations right it's like who is the best who like you're not even asking who's the biggest threat on the mm-hmm. table or who's the most points you're asking, like who's the least punishing for me to attack. Right. Yeah. And it might be, that's why just be flexible. Like I, I might look at a list and say, okay, this is the most impactful one, but overall his other ships are worth maybe 45 points each. So let me see what ship I can eliminate. What what ship presents itself easily that I can eliminate as fast as possible. And that might right. be a blunt, which is useless, but if the other ships aren't in a position yet to, like hit me hard. Yeah. Right. Kill, kill blunt, take them off the table. You know, another thing that I do with list building, um, this guy, Max taught me a while ago. It's, uh, and I, and I, and I've heard of shout him. out to Max. Good job, Mad Max. Max bring him back Mad to the Max game. That calls him. He, he hardly plays anymore, but, uh, it, it's, <laughs> he'll be back to the table now. If you get <laughs> shout out on this podcast. <laughs> it, it's, it's called, and this was their 1.0. It's just called action, action economy. And I, I know this has been spoken about, like during a one point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, well, they talk about it now with 2.0, right? Like that's, that's the money in Falcons. Like biggest, biggest problem is, is a lack of action economy. Yes. But, but when I'm approaching list building, it's like, okay, man, like for example, outmaneuver on wedge. That's a, that's a good ability, right? It's a huge, yeah, it's a huge combo. I could take two, two uh, agility away. But to me, I am thinking like, okay, I think outmaneuver is either six or seven points. That's six points. Yeah, right. That's that's not economical for me, quote unquote. <laughs> Hence, well, yeah. economy. So when building a list, I'm thinking about what has synergy, what makes sense and what is not well, really so I, overpriced. I think, I think we're talking I think we're talking about two different things. So like for me, action economy is the the amount of actions you are able to give to your ship 
and and how much you can leverage those in a list, right? So like Lando Calrissian with Nian Num has huge action economy, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's going to do a blue maneuver most of the time and he's going to get to do two actions or let someone else in the list do a second action, right? Like that's a that's a net increase to your action economy for not very much spend, right? Uh, I think what you're talking about is like list building economy, like literally like, like the economics, like the cost benefit analysis. Like, am I going to get six extra points worth out of wedge by putting out maneuver on him, right? Is he going to get to score six extra points worth of enemy ships before he dies? Because as we discussed before, he's going to die, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and which is totally right. It's totally right. Um, so I guess what I'm saying, action economy is also, it means like not, not just getting the most action, like, or actions out of them. It's overall right. abilities. So if it's too yeah, expensive, yeah, yeah. I might say, you know what? I could spend X, Y, Z points on another ship. So I might leave that alone. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's, that is, that is maybe the earliest wisdom that was given to me in list building is like fewer upgrades, more ships, right? Like, yeah. want to like run upgrades. And now there are definitely like, you've run two ship lists. Not a Just lot, like yeah. Ray and Venny loaded to the teeth, right? Like, and, <laughs> and those can be effective, right? We saw at LVO, uh, we saw uh, now at this point, Zam Mall weekends ago. We yeah. saw, Z- yeah, we saw, yeah, well, it was uh, Django Mall, Django Mall, I mean, Django Mall, yeah, Tush- yeah, uh, just load again, loaded to the teeth, both of them. We saw a double decimator list, we saw Oiken mm-hmm. and Rack, both again, just. They they each had force points because they had force crew and they had you know, Moff Jar Gerard and they had Dauntless title and you know shield upgrade hollow right. they had just all this just all these upgrade cards you can imagine you can imagine those laid out on a table just like a big you know mess of upgrade cards all over the place yeah um, but it's it's making those upgrades work and work number one for right, the type right. of list you're trying to create and number two for the overall strategy so like that is beefy it hits yeah. hard, so it's going. Yeah. And then how he flies it for the double decimators would be, okay. Let's see if you can kill enough. Let's see if you could put enough damage in within seventy-five minutes. Then I can do to you. So it's overall right. when when building these lists, have that in mind because instead of like, hey, you know what, this is a cool ability. I'll do bat, and I'll hey, I like the right. ship. I'll do that. Like make it work together, number one, and then make it work together for the strategy you want to implement. Well, it's, and when you look at when you look at a decimator, right? Base 16 health, right? So to get points on that ship, you need to do eight damage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you get a hull upgrade on there or a shield upgrade, you up that to nine damage. Like you need to do nine points of damage, right? So it's like nine points of damage is going to earn you, because it's a two-ship list, it's going to earn you north of 50 points, because these are, you know, some of these sh- these builds, the each ship costs 100 plus points, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you know, okay, you're, you're going to, you know, you have to do eight or nine points of damage to get the cost of wedge in the X-Wing, that 55 points, right? And it's like, and when you start to do that math, it's like, well, then, you know, it could be like this, the value could still be there in the same way the value is there in wedge. And then, you know, we talked about the Django mall list, and then that is a two ship list that has more than two attacks because, because mall can do the double tap, right? Right. So, and I'm not usually, I don't know how you feel about double taps uh, as, as, as a thing, but I'm, I'm not usually in favor of chasing them like as a, as like a list building strategy or a gameplay strategy, right? Like, you know, the B, the B wings have a, a double tap option, right? With the S foils where, you know, if the, if you have a target lock and you have a cannon, 
equipped at the uh, cannon or torpedo equipped at the end of at the after your attack, you can spend that target lock to do a bonus cannon or torpedo attack. Right. Mm-hmm. With with when you haven't used, you know, this round. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not torpedo. Maybe it's just cannon. Canada, a bonus cannon attack, rather. Um, and you're so spending it's like, you the know, target lock, so you're going to be yeah. limited on your mods for the second. Exactly, you're, you're spending the target lock. It's you know, it's generally a weaker attack than, uh, and the cannon choices in this game are limited. But like you know, the the first one everyone ran to was they're like auto blasters, guys. They're like, here's what we do: we got to you know get marksmanship and auto blasters, and you get out of their arc. Right, so you outmaneuver them with the auto blasters. Then you just follow up with the double tap with the can cans of the crits, like easy peasy. Except that combination is such a like Rube Goldberg like setup. Like it's so difficult to pull that off, especially in a B wing which doesn't have a really great dial. Right. <laughs> well, works on that B wing though for the double attacks would be if you wanted to spend the points would be <clears throat> like a high initiative B wing like uh. Gina Hera, Hera, or Hera. Hera or Gina, yeah, and then and honestly, uh, like I, I'm cheap with points, <laughs> so I would do a regular attack and then a jamming beam. Uh, I I got you with that once in a game story time. Yeah, story time because this is one of my proudest proudest X wing moments. No, I don't know about proudest X wing moments. This is a good <laughs> moment. You and I were playing, and you had your favorite ship, Lieutenant Tavson. Uh. And and you thought you were so slick because Hera in the B-Wing was right in front of him, range two. She shot him, did some points of damage, and you're like, okay. And you always do this, right? <laughs> you know, Lieutenant Tabson, for those who don't know, after he suffers damage, he can spend a charge. He has two charges. He can spend a charge and perform an action, okay? So damage being suffered one at a time means that if you do two damage you can suffer damage spend a charge do an action suffer damage spend a charge do an action right now you are always so fastidious when it comes to doing this you always you're like first i flip the shield then i flip the charge then i do my action then i flip the shield Mm -hmm. then i flip the charge then i do my action then you flip the rest of your shields that you've lost right rather than rather than being like all right i lost four shields i can spend both charges do two actions right like you you never know you never do that right so you did the whole thing you took a target lock and a focus token right and then i said okay now Hera's going to spend her lock and uh and jamming beam you and she dropped three hits on you uh, and jammed both your focus and your target lock off. And you were like, is that how it works? Like, is that like you were traumatized. Just shook. You already don't like Hera, right? And you were just shook. And it was, oh, it the was the first so, time that's ever happened to Tab. Oh, oh, listeners, just moved. put yourself, put yourself in my, put yourself <clears> in my <throat> shoes and just feel the joy I felt in that moment where I just natural three hits with a jamming beam and just ruined Tabson's day. Who's now out of charges, right? Uh, yeah. I6. He has no tokens. He's out of charges. And he's miserable. <laughs> that was a Tabson downer of the day. Tabson's kryptonite on yeah, that note. That's that's the, <laughs> that's a new segment. <laughs> the, 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 the sad Tabson moment of the day. We get some get a trombone sound effect or something like that. Yep. Sad Tabson moment sad of the day. Sad Tabson moment of the day. Um, <laughs> that was too fun though. Too funny. Yeah, but that's that that I will say that always makes me laugh when you when you, I remember the first time I think the first time we were playing and you were you were doing the thing and I was like did he forget that he I did two damage but you were like walking me through the steps and I'm like hey uh, you got to take another shield off and you're like I'll get to it I'll get to it I'm like no it's like I rolled I did two damage you got to take another shield off and you're like yeah, yeah yeah one second I got to do the thing right and you're like you flip the shield you flip the charge you do the action you flip the shield <laughs> like the whole thing 
Uh, I definitely lost that game though. However many years ago. Well, I think, I think I got that from, I think I used to do like just all of them. And And then I think I started doing that when I had Hull. And then now all of a sudden, I think one time I got a, a, a crit that had something that it said, maybe I can't do actions except focus. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, yeah, now sorry, I'm just doing it yeah, one it at a time. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to flip all of them now. Uh, or, or even if you, um, what's a wounded pilot where you have to roll to see if you're stressed after taking an action. Right. Yeah. That would really impact it too. You know, it's a fun Tavson combo. Just, I mean, this is off topic, but the whole episode's off topic. Um, no, we're on top. We, we decided to do win condition, turn zero, list building. We're good. We're good to go. Win condition, turn zero, Lieutenant Tavson section. Yeah. Tavson. Um, <laughs> well, Tavson uh, with the gonk droid. Tavson can charge and spend gonk if he takes two damage. Because gonk, the gonk upgrade gives you two actions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One so action right to charge. One, yep, so you can just, if you take like two damage. a domino action effect. <laughs> if, you're taking, if you take two shields, gonk, you, can, you can use the first shield loss to charge gonk, mm-hmm. and the second shield loss to regen the same shield that you just lost. It's, it's a really nasty, very funny. Nasty turn of events. Uh, we did we did a very brief small league on uh shout out to that big X Wing 2.0 Discord. Shout out to that Discord. We did a very small league there, and um and the theme of it was like every week they would give us, you know, a mandatory upgrade, and these were like lesser used upgrades. We're talking oh, about yeah, that was a fun collectors. Uh did you you participate in that? I think so. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. I did a different one. I did the DAD one, I think. Oh, I see, I see. So this was this was like, you know, we did angle deflectors one time, we did we did gonk one week, right? You know, it's um did electro proton bomb another week, right? So we ended up doing a, a couple of these things. Um with the gonk one, I remember playing and my opponent had Tabson and it was such a silly combo. He was like, Oh, I can just recharge and then do Tabson, right? So he, you know, he did that the first time, basically knocking one two shield lost down to one shield lost, right? It was like as if he had reinforced, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then two turns later he did it again. It was just it was it was wild. It was good. It was it was a good combo. It was it made me rethink <laughs> perhaps gonk is worth it. And then I th- said no 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 gonk cool. is not worth cool, it. <laughs> cool. cool thing about those tournaments though sometimes you're using ships that that uh or or upgrades that you normally wouldn't use it then it sparks ideas. You never know. Oh, a- absolutely sparks ideas. I will say in that, that was the first time I ever played Electro Proton Bomb and I threw it on just a generic Y-Wing, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I I like, you know, my 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 opening ended up was like one forward with the Y-Wing down the middle, one forward with the Y-Wing down the middle. And then I just K-turned <laughs> to the middle of the board and dropped the Electro Proton Bomb, which gets a fuse on it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it explodes, it explodes at range zero to two, right? So it just completely eliminated a huge area of the center of the board and the rest of that list was like a fully loaded Hera in the ghost just coming around the corner right so it's like all right well you could run in the middle where you're going to get screwed by the bomb or you could come run and face Hera which you definitely don't want to do right come (laughs) joust Hera it was just like a great challenge right so that was a really fun crazy match and like a a thing I never would have thought to do honestly there you go never would never mess with it um that is that is uh, Y wings though dropping bombs in the middle. That's a fun, that's a fun thing that's happened to me before. It's a quick shout out to Lauren, 
who plays down in New Jersey. I think she plays the East Coast. Oh my gosh, she has she, very mean. She uh, lives. She loves bombers. those proximity mines with the bombers. Exactly with the Y wings. She's like five scum Y wings, all loaded up with proximity mines. We were playing at uh, at a tournament, and first first round, she's like, "Okay, all five are are K turning," and they were all kind of like spread out. And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> She just like four K's to the middle of the board. I was like, okay. And then drops the each drop of proximity mine. So just three quarters of the board were just covered, like had a line yeah. in the middle of prox mines. And I was like, I just can't, I just can't go there now. Like it's just off limits basically. Yeah. I played her <laughs> once. I think she had so many proximity mines and I had a, like, I, I looked at where she was at and I was like, okay, I might as well just start moving all of my ships to the, other side because i think eventually she'll make it there <laughs> i had to like, and i never had looked that far ahead and i had to do that because it was so devastating uh, it's too funny yeah so shout outs to her for the for that one spectacular play that like it's it's not often you see like an opening that's just like you've never seen before that just catches you fully off guard mm-hmm. and and truthfully puts a smile on your faces it's like it's fun to see so many bombs on the board oh, yeah. it's like fun it's fun to be presented with this alternate condition. Where it's Welcome like, oh, to crap. Throwback Moments by Pete and Chris. <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to tag every segment. Hey, listen, look at that. Time flies, brother. We we got an episode here. Yeah, man. A, pod, a podcast episode. So this this has been. Thank you for listening. This has been yet another X Wing podcast. I'm your host Pete Lambro, joined as always by Chris Daniel. Chris, thank you for being here. Thank you, listener, for listening. If you want to drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform of choice, I think that'd be a really good time for me and for you. You can write beautiful words about my voice, about Chris's voice, about the stories we tell, about not knowing any of the people we shout out. Hey, but if you did get a shout out, you got to write a review. That's the law. It's it's uh it's in the Geneva Conventions. I'm pretty sure. This is the way. Um, this is the way. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, we're gonna get some new rules here soon. As soon as we get those new rules, we're gonna be in in the remote studio emergency podcast. Get the rule. Get the hot the hot takes. The rule new rule book. What do you think about that, Chris? Can't wait. It's the calm before the storm. You're gonna you're gonna skip out on work the moment the rules drop. And be like. Yeah, fuck this place. Let's go. Uh, usually what happens is I get like a million texts. So I might be busy with work and I get a million texts. Can you believe that? Oh, I can't believe it. And I'm like, all right, now, <laughs> now I have to check this out. <laughs> all right. Well, I can't wait for it either. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Good times. And nothing but respect for people sleeping. I love sleep. I hope to do it someday. Yeah, find out. I'm going to use the bathroom quick. All right. Everybody's left. It's just me. I can hear Chris laughing in the background. Feels like so long ago. Oh, hey. Oh, that's all right. See you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for recording with us. Next time for sure. See you, man. Bye.
right, I'm back. All right, Merrick, Merrick had to go. He was getting in trouble. There we go. So we're finally getting our episode in. That's right, you and me. <laughs> awesome. That's us against the world, Chris. Just the way we like it, Pete. Peter the Great. See, I, I got to come up with nicknames for you. I got to get more nicknames for you. <laughs> Let me see. So I have, we don't have to do CIS anymore, I guess. But win condition, no, no. turn zero, list building. Yeah, yeah. Those are three. Two, we, could, we could keep it. It doesn't have to be super, you know, whatever. No, it doesn't have to be super tight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ready? I'm going to start it up. Okay. Go for it.